a Quackcast, number 216. This is called Alternative Reproduction. The references can be found over at sciencebasedmedicine.org. With the September 22nd entry on that blog, Alternative Reproduction. This, as I'm sure you're well aware, is my podcast version of my blog entry. So let's begin. I usually start these entries with an idea and see where the research takes me. Certainly, I go down many rat holes. Thanks to the recent reversal of reproductive rights by the SCOTUS, with perhaps more to come, I wondered what the scam alternatives were available when and if reality-based reproductive interventions are no longer an option. I wonder no longer. There are, for at least this podcast, four aspects of reproduction I will consider, along with my usual rat holes. Contraception, infertility, erectile dysfunction, and pregnancy termination. When I began writing the blog entry, my assumption would be there would be few scam approaches to pregnancy prevention, as scams have no efficacy when there is a hard endpoint to the intervention. There is no scam therapies for the infections I see most days, as many have an almost 100% mortality rate. No one, I would hope, would use a scam for the sole treatment of endocarditis or meningitis. Although, there is the occasional person who will rely solely on scams for cancer treatment. It does not end well. I've told this story before, but I first learned about scams early in my practice when I was called to see a case of wet gangrene of the leg. A young female had a sarcoma of her leg that would have likely been cured with amputation. She chose naturopathy instead, and the cancer advanced until most of her leg was cancer, much of it dead and putrefying. That's why they called me, not there was anything I could do. She refused any care. She had only been admitted because she had passed out, and that night the cancer eroded into the artery and she bled out. That is where I first encountered naturopathy in the first of many cases where cancer denial was an important aspect of the patient's care. Contraception. Like scam cancer therapies, it is obvious when contraception fails. I would think that pregnancy would be harder to deny than cancer, but I will not be surprised if there are stories that demonstrate otherwise. The if I had only used the scam sooner gambit is unlikely to be a convincing argument as to why birth control failed. Before I wandered through scams, though, I wondered how people avoided pregnancy in the era before oral contraception. Sure, there were barrier methods and withdrawal and abstinence, like that ever works, and the rhythm method. And you know what we call people who use the rhythm method for contraception? Parents. If you visit the old towns of the West, it does appear that most hotels and restaurants were once bordellos. I wonder where they found all the workers for these bordellos. It would seem that most of the female population of the Old West would have had to have been employed in these houses of ill repute. But how did the prostitutes and others avoid pregnancy? Were there, for lack of a better term, natural forms of birth control? Were the bordellos filled with their offspring? Besides a variety of barrier methods, half a lemon used as a cervical cap, the techniques used were not that different from what modern scams recommend. Quote, Roman women put a leather pouch filled with a cat's liver on their left foot during sexual intercourse to prevent pregnancy. Some women believe that spitting three times into a frog's mouth was a good method of birth control. European women thought that they could prevent pregnancy by turning backwards a wheel of a mill at midnight. 
And in many cultures, women consistently wore various necklaces and amulets, which were supposed to have the power of controlling the act of contraception. Women were advised to hold their breath and draw their bodies back during sex in order to stop the sperm from entering her body. It was also suggested a woman to jump backwards seven times after sexual intercourse or to take something to cause sneezing. As one website noted, quote, until modern contraceptives were invented, women relied on all kinds of ancient birth control methods that had inconsistent results. Some were even dangerous, including the use of heavy metals such as mercury, lead, and arsenic, which did prevent contraception, but also led to organ failure and brain damage. I was also amazed to learn that the relationship between ovulation and menses was not discovered until the 1930s, so that method of contraception was unknown for most of human history. Also used were, quote, syringes to inject mercury, arsenic, and vinegar into the body to induce abortions or treat diseases. Much to my amusement, one Boston brothel had, quote, a homeopathic doctor, quote, considered to be crackpotty at the time, end quote, according to Baudry. He described unusual methods for women, most likely for treating sexually transmitted diseases and inducing abortions. I think he would have likely have been considered crackpotty today as well. One would think, wouldn't one, that if acupuncture is efficacious in aiding pregnancy and given its numerous alleged salubrious effects on female and male reproductive physiology, acupuncture and traditional Chinese pseudomedicine could also be used for contraception. I can think of one application where acupuncture might be efficacious, but fortunately there are no acupuncture points on the genitals. While I was not surprised to find zero papers on the PubMeds on using acupuncture for birth control, I could also not find any on a general Google search. There are no scams that are touted for contraception. Not acupuncture, not homeopathy, not chiropractic, not naturopathy. No surprise. One site mentioned in passing using stone seed root, thistle, wild carrot seed, and ginger root as potential contraceptives. I would suggest not. Since, as noted above, the goal is to adjust and harmonize the state of the female body from a holistic approach, and there is no useful form of scam contraception, that harmonized state appears to be barefoot and pregnant. Infertility. Infertility has a complex differential diagnosis with a variety of anatomical and hormonal abnormalities that lead to the inability to conceive. And it is not a strictly binary problem, as people who have been infertile for long periods of time can suddenly have a child. It also makes for a huge literature, although like most of the scam literature, high-quality studies are few and far between. I am going to discuss a few that I found either instructive or amusing. Scam providers are fond of claiming that their raison d'etre is to help return the body to its optimal state of homeostasis, or as one review noted to, quote, adjust and harmonize the state of a female body from a holistic approach. There are a vast number of scams that are used as adjunctive therapy for infertility. In China, without surprise, traditional Chinese pseudomedicine, especially acupuncture and moxibustion, are used as a primary treatment for infertility. And, as is always the case in studies out of China, they are uniformly positive. It is a massive literature of tooth fairy science, and I will note here an infertility study that was randomized and double-blind that compared real acupuncture, 
with placebo acupuncture, I would argue the same thing, in patients undergoing IVF therapy. The results? No difference, really. The P was 0.038. But what I found amusing was that the pregnancy rate was increased in the placebo group. Quote, the overall pregnancy rate was significantly higher in the placebo acupuncture group than that in the real group, 55.1 versus 43.8% respectively. But there is no real acupuncture, as I have argued before. But their conclusion? Not that doing two interventions with no reality-based reason for efficacy is going to lead to random noise that looks significant. No. They said, quote, Placebo acupuncture was associated with a significantly higher overall pregnancy rate when compared with real acupuncture. Placebo acupuncture may not be inert. Laugh out loud. What was inert was the critical thinking functions of these researchers. Reading even the meta-analyses is the usual mess because acupuncture, as always, is a heterogeneous intervention with traditional electro, cat gut, and warm acupuncture being some of the variations used and compared. It is quite a mess for drawing any conclusion about whether a specific intervention is effective. But as I have said before, it is not the specific intervention that is allegedly useful. It is the concept of acupuncture that is allegedly effective. But if limited to quality studies, the efficacy of acupuncture for IVF is not impressive. Quote, there's no statistically significant difference between the acupuncture group and no acupuncture controls around the time of embryo transfer or in unblinded trials, trials blinded by physician and double blind trials. This was also the case when comparing acupuncture with sham acupuncture controls around the time of embryo transfer or when restricting to unblinded trials, blinded to physicians and double blinded trials. Much of the primary literature is in China and in Chinese. And for example, I could not find the Chinese Journal of Family Planning and similar journals to see the details about the effects of traditional Chinese pseudomedicine retention enema on tubal obstructive infertility. Yeah, really. Quote, a warm enema containing Chinese medicine is administered before going to bed to treat fallopian tube adhesion. The drug can be absorbed directly by rectal mucosa, which is beneficial to improve congestion, edema, adhesion, and hyperplasia of local tissues, thus restoring the function of the fallopian tube. I just continue to be amazed at how healthcare professionals, well-versed in anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, etc., apply the techniques of reality to fiction. It only happens in medicine. You don't see engineers trying to apply the physics of Warner Brothers cartoons to building bridges and tunnels. There is no alternative engineering or aviation. But physicians continue to act like acupuncture and other scams are not ludicrous. There are huge numbers of herbal preparations that have been tried for both male and female infertility, more than I want to review, except to note that the efficacy is often secondary endpoints, like cervical mucus consistency, or sperm motility and concentration, not contraception rates. Chiropractic has actually been used for infertility, but, quote, there are very few original data articles documenting responses of infertile females treated with spinal manipulation. And, quote, in the absence of a robust body of primary data literature, 
the use of spinal manipulation, the management of female infertility should be approached with caution, or I would say not at all. The Journal of Vertebral Subluxation Research, not on PubMed, as PubMed does not list science fiction, has papers purporting to show the benefit of chiropractic in infertile patients. And to no one's surprise, chiropractors tout the benefits of their interventions on the interwebs. However, I can find next to nothing on PubMed using homeopathy or naturopathy for infertility. Well, for homeopathic preparations, it would be exactly nothing. Erectile dysfunction. The acupoints for erectile dysfunction are distant from the problematic organ, in one study being slightly below the navel, slightly above the hairline at the back of the head, inside the ankle bone and the Achilles tendon, and inside the wrist. And the results of trials using these acupoints, quote, no definite conclusions can be drawn. A conclusion supported in most meta-analyses where, quote, low-quality evidence shows benefit of acupuncture as adjunctive treatment for patients mainly with psychogenic ED, i.e., of course, it doesn't work when there's a physiologic reason. And the best results were found when acupuncture was combined with an ED med. Lol. It takes a Western medicine to get good results with your acupuncture. And there is the really creepy clinical holistic medicine, holistic sexology, and acupressure through the vagina, the Hippocratic pelvic massage. Noted in one clinical study, quote, the most difficult problem of this procedure seems to be that it makes it very difficult to be sure that the procedure and all the involved steps are necessary and rational. All I can do is roll my eyes and shake my head. There is nothing on the pub meds using chiropractic, homeopathy, or naturopathy for erectile dysfunction, but no shortage of websites promoting their use. I wondered about homeopathy, so I picked a website at random. The first suggestion is Agnes Castus. Quote, this remedy may be helpful if problems with impotence develop after a man has led a life of intense and frequent sexual activity for many years. A cold sensation felt in the genitals is a strong indication for Agnes Castus. People who need this remedy are often very anxious about their health and loss of abilities and may have problems with memory and concentration. This remedy is one of the best homeopathic medicines for ED. Agnes Castus is the chasteberry. And one site says, quote, the fruit has been historically used for reducing sexual desire. As one site notes, quote, the leaves of this plant are used to adorn the beds of Greek women during the absence of their husbands so as to prevent any impure thoughts from entering their minds and also by medieval monks to repress sexual desire. And the actual provings of remedy has shown that it does repress sexual instinct and desire. And quote, Agnes Castus is indicated for promiscuous young people who have abused their sexual energies through either homosexual or heterosexual multiple contacts and who have contracted repeated venereal infections, especially gonorrhea. Judgmental much? Anyway, homeopathic teaching is that a product that causes the symptoms undergoes serial dilution and succussion to make a more potent medication. Somehow, magically, a natural berry 
that reduces sexual desire, allegedly, increases libido when homeopathized. You can't make this stuff up. And writing these entries, boy, it leads to some of the weirdest stuff. Abortion. While no trials can be identified in the PubMeds, acupuncture has been used for abortions in China, although it was unreliable. Q. Louie. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can they close me up on one ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. I never tire of using that clip or that movie. Acupuncture does have its forbidden points. Specifically, if you stimulate the Sanyin Chow, SP6, in conjunction with the He Gu, LI4, the abortion is generally realized within 24 hours. But that's in humans. In Wistar rats, stimulating the forbidden points does nothing. Quote, we found no evidence that acupuncture in LI4 to SP6 and sacral points could be harmful to pregnancy outcome in Wistar rats. But then, why would it? Why was trying to confirm or deny a fiction worth abusing and killing rats? I have often wondered how they map human acupuncture meridians on animals. Evidently, so do acupuncturists in search of one acupuncture. You know, one acupuncture to rule them all, one acupuncture to find them, one acupuncture to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. Anyway, quote, Moving toward a neuroanatomically accurate veterinary acupuncture system requires rethinking current atlases, embarking upon a systematic analysis of the human points in terms of where, if at all, corresponding sites exist in the non-human. Good luck with that. Because you just may run into issues such as those with boa constrictors. Although why anyone would want to torture a snake with acupuncture eludes my understanding. Quote, Thus, the objective of this study was to map and describe the main points of acupuncture in the species boa constrictor and their indications to promote the balance of this species. The unprecedented result of the mapping was the discovery of specific acupoints with individual location indications without distribution in specific meridians and dispersedly distributed in the body. They were careful, clever scientists. They measured the heart rate. By, quote, heart rate was obtained by counting the heart rate. And if you wondered how they found these acupuncture points, they used an electrostimulator. Quote, the EL30 is an electronic device that is intended exclusively for non-invasive applications in the technique called electroacupuncture. It was conceived as a point detection instrument where an electrostimulation therapy used in different media with the purpose of detection and determination of qualities of stimulus conditions for different species and for different points. It was traversed with an exploratory tip of the animal's body points to an occurrence of an audible signal indicating a localized point and an impedance. The sensitivity controller has been adjusted to find a better setting. More animal abuse for no good reason. But I digress yet again. Consistency has not been a strong point in acupuncture research, 
when acupuncture was used as an adjunct to medical abortion, they used the Higu, Sinyin Jinyao, Naiguan, and Kunlun. And I suspect the increased efficacy was due to the Kunlun site. And just as my French is awful, I apologize to any native speakers of Chinese for my botching of their language. Acupuncturists, however, can get quite wiggins over these forbidden points, going as far as to suggest that auricular acupuncture should be avoided in pregnancy. I would add it should be avoided when not pregnant as well. Several reviews, however, suggest that acupuncture is safe in pregnancy when correctly applied, whatever correctly applied might be. While I can find papers where acupuncture is purported to prevent spontaneous abortion, I can find nothing to confirm the abortifactant effects of acupuncture. And I can find nothing using homeopathy, chiropractic, or naturopathic techniques to induce abortion, although they all allege that they can help prevent spontaneous abortion and miscarriage. Ah, the one-way street that is scam. Herbs, there's a problem. I will admit I am not one for social media. Twitter is a time suck, and Facebook opaque and pointless. And I certainly do not grok the concept of influencers. So TikTok, so out of my geezer understanding. But per the Rolling Stone, do I get some geezer cred? TikTok is a popular source for information on DYI abortions using Penny Royal, Blue Cohash, and a mugwort. Herbs that are not only not efficacious, but are certainly toxic and could be fatal. As one PubMed review notes, quote, the ingestion of plants to induce abortion involves the risk of severe morbidity and mortality. It's hard to believe, but when it comes to medical advice, it is suggested to, quote, not listen to what you hear on TikTok. It is a question with no real answer, however, would a scam provider be any better? It turns out that self-management of abortion is not that uncommon, with 7% of U.S. women of reproductive age, kind of redundant really, because women not in their reproductive age are unlikely to need an abortion, going the DYI route, often with herbs and often without success. With the Handmaiden's Tale decision of this year, I expect DYI abortions will only increase with resultant morbidity and mortality, as one thing remains true, desperate people will do desperate things. And that ends QuackCast number 216. As mentioned, the references are over at Science-Based Medicine from the September 23rd entry. And as always, thanks for listening. Bye.